This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I don't let material things consume my life. Just don't look in my bedroom. What? <laughs> Mary? <laughs> Mary. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. As soon as you said bedroom, I was thinking something separate. I was like, no. Um, Jesus wants me to have all of my money and yours too. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that was great. Okay, mine is mine was uh, actually more about me because I didn't know the context that you were doing Mary ones, but maybe we could apply it. Okay, ready? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like a, a, okay, here we go. I'm like a candle. If you forget about me, I'll burn your fucking house down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is so good. So I guess it could be either applied to me or Mary. You could, you know, yeah. either one, really. <laughs> I didn't know we were both going to do Mary this time. But yeah, it wasn't, the Mary thing wasn't planned. But. Oh, okay. Well, I'm okay. Tyler. And I'm Travis. And this is Privileged Twinks. And if you hear that third voice on the line, you may know her from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker, The Housewife and the Hustler, her podcast Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie, all of her social medias, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube, and her iconic sunglasses. It's Dana Wilkie. Woo! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, no, my pleasure, you guys. My pleasure. I love this show. What do you so what 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 inspired you guys to do this podcast really quick if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, of course. Honestly, um our friends like made us binge it. Travis has been a Housewives fan for a long time. Yeah, I watched it. Uh I started Beverly Hills when it first came out. So, I have uh, it's really cool that you're on with us now because <laughs> I remember watching your ep- the episodes you were in. Me, it's something me and my mom used to do back in the day, uh, back when I lived at home, and it was how we bonded. Um, and I've been saying, "Did you know twenty five thousand for like a decade now?" <laughs> I think it's been so <laughs> iconic. I'm so thrilled. I'm so glad I was part of you and your mom's connecting. That's really important. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she was awesome. freaking out when we told her to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Tell her I said hi. That's really fun. Oh, I will. <laughs> oh, tell her to DM me gossip. I mean, she okay. probably knows stuff. Okay. <laughs> she knows a lot of gossip. I don't know if it's uh, of your interest. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell well, you what, moms surprisingly know lots of gossip. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm going to tell you. You never know who they run into at the grocery store. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think mostly. Like, we really binged the first season, like, right before the second season started, and we just fell in love with, like, I mean, it's just such a great cast, and, like, obviously, the, we knew the Jen stuff was coming out um, from, like, trailers and stuff, and we just, I don't know, we kind of were looking for something to do, like, as a couple that could be, like, a fun hobby, and maybe, who knows, where it could go. Um, and so, yeah, we just like, as soon as the first episode came out, we sit around and talk about it anyway. So we might as well record it and put it out there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's exactly, but that's where, you know, that's where the magic happens. If you're really passionate about a subject, that's, you know, that's when it could become popular with people because people sense it. Yeah. We, yeah, we love, uh, just talking about it, like hours on end. (laughs) So we were like, perfect. Love it. All right. (laughs) Um, well, we were so happy to like see you on the Shaw Shocker. Um, also, I love the intro on your podcast. Like, we need to make something fun like oh, that. Song, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, you mean the song, my $25,000 song I did? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, finally, I put it to good use, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I did it like years ago, and uh, everybody was like, oh, you should have made a music video. It would have been so, you know, it would have gotten a lot of attention. But at the time, uh, you know, I had released it and Ryan Seacrest was nice enough to promote it. You know, the song oh, nice. itself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did a like, but it was meant to be a joke. You know, I was kind of like making fun of all the other housewives that had released songs. So I was like, mm-hmm. what could I do that would be so silly? 
And I was like, let's do one about the glasses and just like being rich, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just like stu- stupid, <laughs> right? But it turns out that it it like, you know, it speaks to people because like actually a lot of the housewives music is that basic, even like yeah. Erica Jane Girardi, <laughs> like don't give two fucks. I'm, it's expensive to be me. Like it's actually real. Like people seriously make music. Like I was yeah. teasing, right? So um, but when I did it, I didn't do a music video and that was a mistake. And so they sort of like was talked about and then like went away. And then I, I loved it so much. I'm like, God, everyone's forgotten about that silly uh, thing that I did. And <laughs> and so I it, it was it became like actually such a fun thing that we could make it like the beginning and the end of the show, uh, Dishing Drama Dana. You know, mm-hmm. so we could kind of like secretly subliminally bring it back you know, <laughs> from the that. dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? For sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe um, I could do a video now. Like, was, it would be a lot say, different. I was going to say, you might do a video. It yeah, I mean, fun. you've been doing a lot of things, like, recently. Like, this year, recently. Well, I, you know, I was totally uh, gone. I, I actually uh, abandoned all social media and everything. And I, I wasn't even on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I joined Instagram really in September of 2020. And oh, nice. I, yeah. And I started reusing my Twitter again about the same time. And I just hadn't, I just like really just forgot about, I just like disappeared. I was like, Oh, let it, everybody uh, had imagined such really dramatic, horrible things happen to me that I was like, <laughs> why would I ruin it? Like it's, it's even better. Like they, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part of like a criminal syndicate. I'm in prison somewhere. Like it was oh, just no. a million, oh, yeah, there God. was a million things out there. And I was like, gosh, I, I hate to ruin it and resurface right. actually. <laughs> like what I must've been so, it must've made people feel so much better. Like after the audacity, the glasses, like I told you that bitch was, you know, <laughs> Hell, yeah. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. She's you know gone now, exploded. So I kind of hated to ruin it, but then I was like, okay, let's just well, you know, let's ruin it. Go ahead. So I came back. <laughs> it's and, so funny uh, to hear that though, because I like literally just binged all of Beverly Hills. I had seen like the last two seasons, and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna just do it from the beginning, like over the last month. And I like loved you on there. Like it's, I don't know if it maybe just at the time, like week to week, if people are like wanting to speculate or like hate on that, but I thought it was iconic, like all of that. Well, we, at that time it was real. And I think it really, I think the reason that the first few seasons of the show were the, a lot of the fan favorites was because um, it wasn't fabricated at all. It was mm-hmm. like, and 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 uh, I think Bravo was more uh, connected to that concept of like, let's not fabricate too much. You know, they didn't know yet exactly what was going to work with the fans, especially mm-hmm. with Beverly Hills, you know, that category. So they were more willing to let things kind of happen and develop that were more uh, real. So what you're really, you're getting is, you know, a group of girls that were either friends or in proximity in real life. Like, you know, we all went to the same places and malls and had mutual Mm -hmm. friends and knew about each other's crap, you know? And at the same time, we also were really uh, living that kind of life that you're seeing. Cause that was like the vibe of that time in Beverly Hills. I don't, you know, now it seems Mm -hmm. like the vibe is like living in Compton um, because oh. <laughs> everybody's getting shot up all the time. I, I'm like, wow, uh, it's a different place apparently than when I was there. So uh, I guess these like robberies and home invasions and all this stuff is really out of control at the moment. And at least that's what's, um, you know, some of this, the stuff being said. And obviously we've seen quite a lot of that, right? A lot of robberies mm-hmm. at Kyle Richards, Dorit twice, mm-hmm. Teddy Mellencamp had someone get robbed in her house. Like, so it's like a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think what, you know, a lot of people appreciated at that time was the drama was real. The, the antics that the people were doing were real. And so if they were, uh, like kind of silly or outlandish, it was like, you still found them entertaining and not annoying because you were like, that is the person really doing, you know, a $60,000 four-year-old's birthday party, Or, (laughs) you know, like it was that, or like my chef, like my chef was, you know, I had had him for a long time. I didn't get a chef to go on a show to show you Uh that I could be, you know, pretentious. 
Like I couldn't right. cook. I had dough. I got a chef, you know, I <laughs> yeah, loved right. it, you know, <laughs> and I couldn't get it. And I was like, oh, this will make everybody have to come to my turf. In LA, you want to always be on your own turf, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. Well, also it's like, it's crazy that people latched on the thing, like certain things like the sunglasses when like literally every other cast member it showed how much anything they bought cost, like at the bottom. Like, it's not like well, it was actually, a yeah, private that, thing. That started because I was called the brand dropper. So what mm-hmm. happened was on season two, I accidentally, like if you said to me, it makes so much sense now if you follow Dishing Drama Dana, right? Because you know mm-hmm. how much I love information, right? So even uh-huh. if you watch my YouTube videos, they're like very informational, It's like why you go to my content. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like back in the day, I was no different, like with clothing or anything. So if someone said to me, Hey, Dana, what are you wearing? I was like, this is like a 1994 Gucci shirt. I got it. I got it for 1,999 on Tuesday, you know, and I would over deliver the info because I always like, that's just who I am. But on top of that, um, I thought people really wanted to know, like, I'm thinking they really do want to know like where to get it or what it is or whatever. So I was uh, one of the first people to do that because of my personality. It's actually like just a weird thing about me. And people thought I was being really arrogant, brand dropping everything (laughs) because they, you know, that's what they first went to. And so everyone hated, hated on that so badly, Mm -hmm. but it actually ended up being a shtick right? right at the end of all that. So then it was like, Bravo ran with it. And they're like, oh, well, that really gets everybody going, right? Yes. It gets everybody pissed or excited or something. So they engaged, they engaged, <laughs> right? And so that's what they did. And so they ended up taking a negative and realizing it got people going and then grabbing on and doing it pretty much forevermore. I mean, look at mm-hmm. Kyle. I think in episode, uh, season four or five, she buys... Uh, she has the hundred, she doesn't buy them. She has the hundred thousand dollar sunglasses in her store mm-hmm. and they make a deal. So at that point, you know, I was the biggest a-hole for getting them in the season two, but now they're celebrating it. So it's like this weird thing with the show, like things grow over time on people. And I bet Twitter was crazy then. <laughs> like uh, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I was, it was pretty crazy. I didn't mind it. Because uh, Twitter was just starting back then, and Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have social media like you guys have now. That's what I think really took the show's popularity to a whole new level. Uh, We didn't have that. Um, We had a little bit of Twitter. And I remember, um, you know, getting all this hate on Twitter. And I thought it was fabulous because I don't mind it. Like, I kind of think it's, I think it's fun sometimes. Um, I don't take it personally. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people have said horrific things to me, like horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, and so I try to tell like, you know, people I'm like, you know, that my people that DM me and stuff on Insta, they'll say this happened or this celebrity was mean to them and said awful stuff or whatever. And I just am like, oh, just enjoy it. It's like entertainment for you. Like the fact that people are bothering to come up with like a a diss and like a, a, like a picture and all this shit. Like it's so, it's like really rewarding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, God, you're clever. Like, you know, I mean, the the person who found uh, the ET picture and then put that with Mary Cosby as a meme, you know, like it's. Priceless, like, because she's yeah. got the same outfit as ET on. She literally does. Like, so I My mean, that's one from this week. Somebody put Carlin next to Brooks and was like, "This is what Brooks thought he was doing last season." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that one. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. So I was just curious, like, could you talk to us a little bit about like the process of just getting on the show and like how they told you, like if you were going to be a friend of or how, just how that kind of went down. Sure. Um, the, uh, what happened was I was on season one and Taylor Armstrong got casted and she was my friend in real life. And she mm-hmm. said to me, would you like to come shoot with me? Like on some of the events, because I 
I, they're letting me go with somebody and, you know, they won't, you know, some of the events they won't, you know, they won't be very fun. Right. Because they're shooting. So would you mind kind of like as a friend taking one for the team and just going with me? So I'm not like alone, but at the same time, like, I know it's not going to be fun. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay. And actually I got to know a lot of the girls uh, on the shows, like good friends, <laughs> because I was one of like, I was with Taylor. The good friends. <laughs> yeah. The good friend group, like that would go with like Camille's good friend. And, you know, everybody had like a, a and this was not casted. This is just like friends mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'll go with you and keep you company or whatever during this like stupid event that, you know, there's cameras flying around. It's not that fun. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, you know, I did that with her. And then she said to me, I was well known uh, for throwing really expensive, elaborate entertainment industry parties. And Taylor knew that. And I also threw a lot of my own parties, like over the top stuff at my house. Mm -hmm. And so Taylor asked me if I would do her kid's birthday party and do like this really over the top birthday party. And I was pregnant with brown hair at the time. So I said, sure. And they introduced me on the show as like Dana Wilkie, her friend doing this like Uh four-year-old tea party or whatever for Taylor. (laughs) It ended up being a really popular episode because it was this ostentatious four-year-old birthday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know, that, that ended up being a really good thing for me. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I, I don't think I got any business out of it, but I thought it was, you know, it was like entertaining. Right. Right. So then, um, fast forward, I used to travel a lot. So I traveled to Miami and I rented a house for like a month and a half in South beach for fun. And I get a call from, um, Scott Carlson, who was Corey Feldman's manager. And I was friends with Corey and him. And he said to me, listen, you know, they're casting for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I said, well, I heard something about that from Russell, that they were looking for some of the women to shoot with, particularly Taylor, because Mm -hmm. I guess he didn't really want to shoot with her that much on the show at that time. There was like a lot of shit happening. Right. And, um, So he had said, you should ask Dana, you should offer Dana up and it never went anywhere. And I'm assuming that's because Taylor really didn't want me to be on the show casted because like everybody's very possessive. They don't want to lose their spot to their friends, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there is a little bit of that where you're like, oh, I don't know anybody. Don't know anyone. (laughs) You know, know 10 million people, but you say you don't know anyone. Right. So yeah, you're like, no. Um, So what happened was uh, he said, you should cast for it. I'll submit you. You know, he wasn't my manager, but he offered. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. So he submitted me uh, and they sent this giant application to fill out. I filled out the application. I submitted the pictures from Miami and I got a call and they were like, we want to start taking photos of your house and you and We want to do a screen test with you and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I'm in Miami and, you know, uh, so I can't really do that. So if I lost the opportunity, I'll have to pass. So they said, okay, they left. And then like a day or two later, they called me and said, we've decided to just do it anyway. So whenever you get back, we'll start with you. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. So then um, I, I came back and I realized that the producers of the show did not know that I'd already been on season one. They didn't know it was me. Oh my gosh. How funny (laughs) is that? I was like, you guys know I was on this show, right? Like the whole, you know, like. Well, it's funny because I was watching that episode and Travis like walked in and he was like, is that Dana on season one? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so funny. And and they didn't know because I looked so different, right? Uh So. That's why the, that's where I got the nickname, the alien shapeshifter. Oh I always looked episode to episode. I look really different. Like it's like mm-hmm. strange, you know? So people used to say I was like an alien. So anyway, um, I end up uh, getting back and I do all their screen tests and stuff. And um, one of the things that's uh, said to me at the end of all this is, listen, we have two girls that we really like. 
And so mm -hmm. we're, we're trying out this new concept of what it's uh, this concept of a friend of on the show. And it gives us the ability to upgrade you at any time to a housewife. So you'll already sign your housewife contract with your friend of contract. Like it's gotcha. a, it's a, it's a step deal, right? Mm -hmm. If you know what that is. So they were like, uh, we have two girls, this girl, Brandy and you, and, you know, we want to see how it goes. And, you know, I like you, you know, one producer camp liked me, they told me because um, I was more real, like I was really a person living the lifestyle of the show. And they, they thought that over time, I'd really kind of blossom. And then another producer camp, felt that Brandy's over the top way and her unfilteredness would be like win the day. Mm -hmm. And so it was like immediately this like competition in a way. And mm -hmm. at the time, a lot of the women didn't know about Brandy yet. And so we didn't know when it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden she shows up at the, the first party, which is where she has the crutches and we're all like coming right. off like mean girls. And that <laughs> actually had nothing to do with being mean to Brandy. It had everything to do with the women at that point. And I had bonded because we were friends more socially than she was. Mm -hmm. She was not from that world at all. And so what happened was uh, the girls were trying to kind of fight for me to be the next housewife over Brandy at that time. And so they were kind of ganging up really to be like kind of team Dana behind the scenes. And that's what happened. Okay. But it comes oh, off nice. like we all turn on Brandy, but Brandy. it was really a casting thing. It was like all of us, like everybody fighting for probably because I'm, I was like too nice. Like they, they didn't have to worry about me. If this is survivor, like, don't worry, I'm not going to like stab you in the back, but Brandy right, yeah. for sure. She's coming for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were definitely, I'm sure if I was there, I'd be like, I don't want this scary, like, yeah, never know not what's the scary girl. I don't <laughs> yeah. want the scary girl. Exactly. So, and, and, and they didn't even know how bad it was going to get. Like, you right. know, they really, Brandy came in, in it, you know, a hundred percent to not make friends to, you know, take everybody out, you know, uh, to make her get money. You know, it was an agenda yeah. for her. And I yeah. didn't, I was coming on the show to show, like, be me, see where it took me. If over what I was like saying to the producers, like over time, if someone's an asshole, I'm naturally going to come for them. You know, right. like I, I ended up being the only one coming for Brandy at the end, which was so crazy. Um, you know, if you look at the reunion, I'm the one yeah. at the end coming for her because at the, I was really pissed at her. I was like, you're an, a, a douche for some of the stuff you did. <laughs> and so, as, but it, it was real. I can't, I'm not an actress. I wasn't trying to be an actress on that show. I'm not a model. Mm -hmm. I'm not an actress. I was just like a girl who was really living that life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Parties and that kind of thing. And if someone was an a-hole, I'd be the first one to say it. But if right. you're not, I'm not going to just call you an a-hole for no reason. I didn't <laughs> know the game at that time. I didn't even watch season yeah. one. Sorry, we have a couple cats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, I know you're like, I, this should be called two guys and their cats. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we have three of them and they're just a little bit um, difficult to they're vocal sometimes. Yeah, they're we vocal. need to get they, just like on the color. record, they agreed with everything I just said. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, we just before we pivot into the Salt Lake City stuff, I just wanted to what I was really interested in two things. One, um, since you've kind of experienced it, uh, when they do the talking head interviews, at, like how, like what's the timing of that? Like as far if you know. Um, and also when people are talking about the housewives, is there anything like when they're giving their opinions, is there anything you wish people like in general would just know, like something that is like, they don't realize, or is everybody's take kind of, is kind of, like you said, real life all the time anyways. Um, well, the first, uh, I'll let you ask me the second one again. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, no, we'll, we'll get, you sound like me on the couch with Kyle going on a journey just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, um, uh, 
Wait, ask me the first question again. Sorry. Sorry, I know. I tried to push them together, and then I was like, nah, I should have done that. Um, it, when they do the talking head interviews, is it interesting oh, sometimes yeah. the timing? Sorry. Is it like, sh- yeah, is it shortly after? Is it a long time? Yeah, okay. So they've changed it up now. Uh, they do it differently. They do it with green screen. And mm-hmm. I get the sense that they do it uh, a, a more all at, like, I think they did more frequent ones when I was on the show than they do now. I think it, I get the sense because they're usually uh, in the same outfit a lot on them that they only do let's maybe two in a, Uh in a season or maybe even one, I don't know, but like, I don't get, we used to have lots of maybe four or five, let's say in a season of that. And I don't get those wardrobe changes um Mm -hmm. so I do think they do less now and we didn't do them in a green screen they were a setup at your house so in the old days when you see the background that's someone's house like really their house and it's their stuff and now they make up any background they want on a green screen for the women um they usually were uh after an event that the producers deemed to be important. So when the big like storyline moment happens, they would let that play out. You know, you'd get that sort of precursor of the big storyline moment. And then the storyline moment, you know, would be decided. And then you get a little after time and then they would hit you with that talking head moment. Um, And sometimes they would ask you to talk about it. Like, so you wouldn't lose how you felt. Like they would go like, go, go talk to your stylist about it or whatever. Just so they'd catch it that way too. If on the day that you did the talking head, you didn't remember how you really felt. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause there's been a lot of times where I was like, why are (laughs) they, they do talk, people talk like to strangers. It almost feels like, and that makes sense why they are trying to catch their feelings at the moment. Yeah. Cause they don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of people necessarily, you know, that want to film with you. So it's like, you know, they try to get whoever they can get at the time, you know, can you right. go talk to, you know, the nanny or whatever, like yourself in some <laughs> cases, I think Ramona talks to herself. She, that's what she yes. did like on purpose. Like now she's like, I'm going to get it out. So she'll go, Ramona, you're hot. You're, you know, this, you're great. And she's actually just talking to herself, but she's really talking to the audience. Right. She realized she's, was- yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say maybe that was Mary's ploy with the mannequins this year. But <laughs> yeah, no, know. for <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. She took a, a like she, you know, she had that probably the producers realized that the fans reacted really well to Ramona doing it, you know, so they'll uh-huh. suggest it. Like, why don't you tell the mannequins how you feel since you don't have anyone else to tell? Seriously. Right. <laughs> yeah. That you was know? the only, like, kind of sad part of this episode that I thought. I was like, oh. She's like, I have all this stuff because I'm so lonely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that weird closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slash room, slash, I, I know. know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to restate, I mean, I guess the last question is a little open-ended, so... I'll tr- it, it basically, is there anything about production or editing, you know, that you just in general wish people knew uh, about or would, you know, take into consideration when making judgments of cast members? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. I get that now. Um, sorry, by the way, you guys don't know this, but I'm moving. I moved all of my stuff into three suitcases and I'm going on an adventure with my son where we're going to travel around for a while. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> And I'm leaving this week. And so I've been doing, I, I do an enormous amount of content for Deca Dish on YouTube and Dishing Drama Dana Patreon. And so like I have been literally recording like till three in the morning, like getting mm-hmm. up, you know, studying all day, doing more recordings and then hitting shows to promote Shaw Shocker. I think I did uh, like seven shows this week. So like oh, wow. my brain is so fried when you're like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have like, you know, the attention span of a gnat at the moment. So I appreciate the repeating of the question. Um, I guess the thing that I would say is that your, the edit is always going to be the story that the producers want to tell. 
And that is, they know the fans and they know how to push their buttons. And Mm -hmm. they sometimes play into like a bad emotion a fan has, or like the bloggers have about someone and they'll play it up. They'll play into it. And sometimes they'll play against it. If they feel like the fans are going too hard against someone. Like for example, if the producers say, call out that so-and-so is a drunk and you go and you're, you say, okay. And like a puppet, you go out and you're like, you know, if you would just stop being drunk all the time, you know, and in front of like her daughter, like her Mm -hmm. and her daughter, right. The fans will come like, how could you say that in front of her daughter? And oh my God, you know, like I can tell you some of the programming, right. Already like that's Mm -hmm. what will happen. And so the producers, because they made that person the villain and they did their bidding, which gave them the storyline they needed, won't throw that person under the bus. What they'll do is they'll start to edit it in a way that you, the fans won't be angry at that person too much. So they might cut to another character saying, well, I mean, there was no other time she could do it and it had to be done because she was killing herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all yeah. of a sudden the fans are like, oh, okay, got it, got it. Calm you down. Know? Right. <laughs> right. But the okay. truth is, you know, it's that's all fabrication. Like there was a different time for sure. Like <laughs> nobody needed to call her a drunk, like, you know, all this stuff. Right. Right. So um, I guess what I would say is remember that Bravo is dictating your emotions and your feelings about the characters on a show right. at all yeah. times. Okay. At all times. It's really yeah. interesting. I mean, I've thought about that and I'm like, I know they can edit it a certain way, but I've never thought about it like an immediate edit like that and how it can just immediately affect how you feel about something. I mean, <laughs> like, think about it. The, thing. Yeah. If watch what happens live, I, I've always questioned those, like, you know, they do those polls on watch what happens live. Oh, I right. mean, you know, if they don't want, I mean, I'm sure, you know, some of them are very legitimate, but we don't know how many people vote. We don't know who votes. We right, don't know. Right. I mean, you know nothing about those polls, but suddenly you're like, oh, so 80% of people don't like Mary Cosby. Well, that must mean she's a bad person. We all should hate <laughs> Mary Cosby now. That's, I mean, and you know, no, you know nothing about where that poll comes from. Yeah. And, you know, like I was interviewed for the diamond book, the housewives diamond book, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, the one, that one. And they edited my interview out, you know? um, Yeah. And they did that. I know because of what I'm doing, obviously, because I Mm -hmm. spill the, I spill the tea and I don't filter it, but you know, they don't, that's an example. They don't want to, to get the fans excited that read the book about me again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just delete her. Like, let's pretend it's China. <laughs> let's just oh. delete her from the picture, <laughs> you know? Like, the, oh, what, like what, Dana? What, what sunglasses, huh? Right. Are you sure that wasn't Kyle? Or $100,000 ones? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Mary, why don't we get into Salt Lake a little bit um, and about like your personal journey with it like just kind of like what first brought you into the show and the players in it and maybe who you like who you don't like okay so for real housewives of salt lake city um i was already starting to do uh i i i've always loved gossip and where this emerged was i went on instagram as i mentioned and i had so many fans they were when i reappeared there were so many people that were so supportive they were like breaking out all the memes and breaking out all the fun stuff that they hadn't looked at in 10 years. And it was like, you know, people making cups and posters. And I mean, it was pictures and paintings and that's amazing. Yeah. So I was like, cool. I'm like, all right. And then I thought to myself, you know, God, I I wish there was something that I could talk to these people that are so amazing about like that we have in common, you know, like, wouldn't that Mm -hmm. be something And I love gossip. So I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start telling all my secret housewives gossip um, Mm -hmm. and tea 
and sharing that on my Instagram feed. And I, and I also would do silly things like get drunk and just comment or, you know, cause I do that. I'm me. I don't give a shit. Like, right. this is yeah. it. you know, okay, t- you know take yeah. it or leave it. it. You know, it is what it is. Um, you know, and I do impersonations. I mean, just crazy shit. Cause I don't care. I was just having fun. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I started, it started off like that. And then over time it developed into people sharing information with me and me wanting to know more and kind of do the deep dive. And I started to post what I found and I was really good at it because I have, uh, you know, I, I kind of have a skill set with like an analyst. So I can, and I have a, a, a large uh, experience background of good and bad things that I can tap to apply mm-hmm. to research that I find. Right. So I'm like, oh, I have like a really interesting insight into that. So I started doing all this stuff on my Instagram and people really engaged on it. And we, it like really took off. And so then I was like, well, my sister said, why don't you start a show where you talk gossip call? And, and that was born dishing drama, Dana. Mm-hmm. And then I realized my gossip was really, really um, hard to get. And some of it was really um, hard to deliver. And so I decided to put it behind the Patreon wall so okay. that people that were t- talking could be safe. Cause it's, you know, you have to pay to get in and it's considered like a membership. So you could like right. you could block people out. And, and then from there, it grew into my personal Reddit where I started to post not only, you know, my podcast, but I started to post my receipts text messages, Uh audios, legal documents, things I was relying on for my stuff. And so in this process, um, I took on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City cast members as the new show. Uh And I found out that they were all really, well, not all, but most very scandalous. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I was like, you know, Um, wow. You know, so, um, through my different mechanisms, I started to interview people that were around them and talk to people that lived in Salt Lake city, you know, and it it grew from there. Uh, and Uh, then of course, and then of course, some of the cast members were fans of mine from housewives years from Beverly Hills. Right. That's what I was going to say. I saw Heather was following you. Yeah. There's quite a few of them. Um, you know, either blocked me or follow me or, you know, <laughs> it, it, it changes. Like they have days where they, you know, they kill me and then they like me again anyway. But, you know, all of those, uh, all of them, you know, started to sort of take an, you know, an interest in what I was doing. And then many of them joined the Patreon. Oh. Yeah. So all of them were looking for dirt on each other in my Patreon. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, they'd sign in and I'd be like, hi, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me wonder if, if for like production purposes, if because the whole thing with Erica last uh, or this season was such a, assumingly like a, a big ratings factor. And I was like, if, wouldn't you know if all of these people, like when they cast people on a show, don't, I wouldn't, I would assume that they would like do background texts right. and, you know, talk to people who know the, what is that references, you know, to see who, but maybe they were wanting something a little more scandalous. I don't, it makes me no, question. They do, they do background checks, but Jen didn't have a background. She right. just ha- was in a very uh, FTC investigated industry for years. Um, right. And, you know, Erica Jane Girardi's guy, uh, they wouldn't know Tom Girardi wouldn't have a, you know, have come up in any search or anything like that. And he wouldn't have been relevant anyways, not a true cast member. Only Erica would have been. Right. So, you know, so, but do, you know, and do they have a sense of something coming? I have a feeling that when they, they went to Salt Lake City because it's such a weird place uh-huh. to do yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean they definitely were like oh this is some sketchy shit over here this is where all the abusive you know provo uh bad kid schools are this is where all the 
the polygamists are. This is where all of the cult type, you know, weird new age, you know, (laughs) you know, so this is a hotbed of crazy. And that, you know, if we can get the right cast members that tap into that and they definitely in the casting tape would have figured some of this out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Had you heard any like rumblings of the Jen Shaw stuff like before anything actually real happened? Yeah. Um, that's why I was on the Shaw Shocker. Right. I, 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 like every time I've been on the Housewife and the Hustler or the Shaw Shocker was because I actually, from a investigative perspective, whatever the hell that is, um, mm-hmm. you know, found something before someone else did and broke it. So, you know, all these people criticizing, it's all, it's, that's all, you know, Bravo crap that they put out there, you know, in the sense of like, you know, Andy going, well, I wouldn't call that a documentary and all this, you know, notice he didn't say anything about Shaw Shocker because, you know, why? Because I got so much momentum from him putting down Housewife and the Hustler. And, you know, he tried to make it into something that was like a one-time wonder because of like me being on it. And then when I showed up on this one, he was like, oh shit, I better just shut up, you know, at this point. (laughs) But the reality is, is that with Housewife and the Hustler, I broke Erica Jane Girardi's divorce before it was public. And I mm-hmm. and everybody knew that. Um, I also had um, interviewed all the players before, uh, you know, it, you know, really had become a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it that's wasn't. A, that's incredible, honestly. It wasn't the wave it was. It was like a, like a murmur. And then all of a sudden it was like this wave, but I had already gotten all those interviews and stuff, which by the way, some of those people stopped really talking. So I was like one of the only people that had that, you know, like Matt Hamilton who broke the California bar corruption, um, LA times story, Jay Mm -hmm. Edelson, who represented the, the victims, the orphans and the, of the plane crash, you know, the Jay, uh, uh, Ronald Richards before he uh, became Ronald Richards to the Bravo community in the way that you guys know him now. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he worked as a trust uh, trustee consultant on the case, you know, like Did a, you a legal. have any interest in investigative journalism, like before you got back on Instagram? No, I just, everything I do, I do when I, once I understand how it, works I do really really well mm-hmm. like did you see I'm not saying that like an asshole like I sound really arrogant but <laughs> no, I, no. I do like I'm one of those people like I'll work day and night on something. well I mean obviously you're a, a expert on two documentaries now about it so <laughs> I mean well, you're I'm, not I'm, wrong. Like a, I'm kind of a nut I mean it's like a little OCD in me you know like when someone asked me on my patron to do Marilyn Manson you know, in order for me to feel good about the video that I produced, it was 80 minutes. I mean, Mm -hmm. that gives you an idea of like, you know how hard it is to be a talking head for 80 minutes about a topic? Like, but I I spent 12 hours on it. Like I was obsessed with giving everybody everything that they would care about, that they didn't Mm -hmm. miss one thing. Like I couldn't fail. That's how I am. I'm like nuts. <laughs> like no one does that, right? <laughs> so, like the other thing that um I did or broke on Shaw Shocker was when I first started investigating Jen Shaw, I found out that she had worked as the director of business development for Prosper Inc. And Prosper right. Inc., of course, was involved with Trump U. And I posted it on my Instagram because I actually didn't have the Patreon, wasn't being used for the receipts like it is now. Mm-hmm. And um I posted it and she immediately reached out to me, DM'd me, deleted her LinkedIn profile Uh and did all this stuff about it. Okay. And that's when a lot of the fans picked up on it and they started to do, you know, the Trump U dress and all that stuff. That's where that came from. And so that's what started that. And what, what, why was that important? Well, it showed that Jen Shaw from, you know, a very early age was in a powerful position of lead generation in companies that did a similar scheme um, as what was found in the indictment, right? So that's why it was relevant. And that's really where I got a lot. And 
Not to mention that the producers of ABC, one of them in particular, is a fan of my show. So when Dishing Drama Dana started, she started listening all my episodes. And I think it gave her ideas about, you know, presenting maybe some of the show concepts I was talking about. So, for example, I did a whole series of the Shady Ladies of Salt Lake City. It's actually, I'm on episode, I think, 57 now. It's episode... Eight, nine, and ten. Okay, so that tells you how far back it's over a year ago. And right. those that three parter covered Whitney's husband as a leader in the MLM community. It covered Jen Shaw being involved with Prosper Inc. as director of business development in a really sketchy company that was investigated by the FTC and shut down for being mm-hmm. a boiler room. It included um, uh, Mary Cosby and the cult. I interviewed Mm -hmm. her cousin um, in one of them. So that's like that far back. Yeah. So I, you know, I think when, because the ABC people are in the Patreon, sometimes it inspires them, unfortunately, for the people on the show. Right. (laughs) Uh, Do you think, uh, well, first of all, I guess the, my mind immediately went to like, do you think they'll do something with Mary? Or you might not be able to talk about that. Well, I'm begging for it. I mean, right. you know, I, I, I basically like text the ABC producer once a week and I'm like, hey, what do you think of Mary again? <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, um, the why? And the grandpa fucker. Yeah, why? Oh, no. oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, no, it's, um, I mean, they're they're they only do they validate everything they mm-hmm. you know they're very serious about it they're still abc believe me i try all the time to kind of you know give them sound bites and stuff that i think are you know as you could see from real housewives of beverly hills season three where i have my train wreck scene and i get drunk and i light a cigarette off the candle mm-hmm. and <laughs> I, I pretend to be lisa giving ken a blow job i tell him you know taylor all these girls aren't your friend like when i master something i get it yeah <laughs> right <laughs> As I say, that, that scene is like just so iconic i'm so happy that was in there you no know, that was that was like the moment dana dana starting from re- the reunion on gets it okay mm-hmm. so like there's a moment <laughs> Like, I don't get it season one. I don't get it season two. Then at the reunion, it's like, oh, I see. This is a TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I'm supposed to be like this. This is what everybody wants. And let's go. Right? I can. I, I know exactly what to do now. <laughs> right. Like, right. And that's what you see. So this is like no different. You know, <laughs> the housewife and the hustlers. I'm like, oh, I see now how this is. So like right. ABC is, you know, they want validatable people. They want you know, uh, shows that are about, you know, popular cast members or popular shows. They want to tap the Bravo universe. Uh, they want someone who really has earned, you know, to have a show done about them. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really important because it's not obviously not a nice experience to have happen really. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, I feel like Mary Cosby is the next best candidate. And the reason I feel that way is there are so many parishioners that have, you know, said awful things about her. Mm -hmm. There's her screaming to her flock in a very aggressive way, demanding money. Mm -hmm. There's tons of records, legal records surrounding Mary Cosby and the weird inheritance that she has, uh, you know, from her grandmother, which did not go down any way like she's depicting on the show. Right. I saw your YouTube video on that. And I was going to ask, like, if there was anything you thought might, or that you know, or have heard things about that, like, might come up as we continue this season. Because it seems like she's going to be, like, they're pivoting to be on her a lot. Well, they, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is just going to keep going back and forth between Jen and Mary. Jen, you know, Um, Jen is had a really bad day today, by the way, by the time this episode airs, I'm sure everybody will have known that Jen had another person flip uh, Mm -hmm. in a separate who was in a different indictment, but was in a related. It's a related indictment Mm -hmm. to guilty and is admitted pretty much what Stewart admitted. So, you know, it's it's. 
the the chips are stacked at this point. Now, yeah. what I'm going to say is that I think, uh, you know, Jen will probably, if she, she, her attorney is going to try to get her definitely to meet with the prosecutors over Christmas. Uh-huh. And yes, and yes, they do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're going to want to question her about how she's saying she's innocent over and over again. Um, they may be interested in doing a plea deal with her just to end it so they don't have to go through an expensive trial. Right. Um, and since they flipped two of the three, they've got a good shot at her accepting. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that the New York prosecutor's office is going to get with Jen over the Christmas holiday and they're going to, you know, interview her and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then they'll offer her a deal. And if she doesn't take it, then it'll go, you know, in March to jury mm-hmm. trial. Now, Jen will then be on the center stage big time. I suspect right. there will be more specials about Jen Shaw. <laughs> oh, I suspect yes. news programs doing whole things about the trial, like the, uh, the, the um, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Theranos. So I, I, that's in her future. So like, you know, and then, you know, maybe she'll get a show for jail. They <laughs> oh. offer, yeah. Oh. They offer those that they do. And, and you know why celebrities take them because it gives them safety in prison because yeah. it's dangerous in prison. And so at least if an A&E crew is checking in on you every few weeks, you're not dead. I'm right. I'm not kidding. That's no like your attorney will say take that show because it'll keep you safe. Yeah, that, that's wild. Yeah. It's really dark shit. Don't kid yourself. This stuff is like I mean, I try to keep it light because I have to, but like the reality is, is this is some heavy stuff she's facing. Yeah, um, it's honestly it's hard to watch like especially this episode today. Well, one, I couldn't believe it had only been four days. <laughs> like, they showed that at the bottom. And it was, like, four days later, and she's getting lunch with Heather, and it felt like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, so many episodes. Yeah. Now. But yeah. also just, like, it, that was the part I was like, this This is, like, a real person dealing with, like, really dark stuff, like, Missing for a whole year. Lives in the, oh, yeah. And, well, and the impact of them having to go, I mean, I don't know what their, like, procedures are. Maybe they have, you know, I don't know, but the her whole family with the them coming with the guns and the hand, I mean, that's hard enough as it is. And that's just the beginning. So. Oh, yeah. And just so you know, that's done with everyone. People don't understand our justice system. I use my Patreon all the time to try to educate people because people are just clueless about the justice system. Um, and they absolutely, every single human that has that, like any kind of indictment, they get that brigade, the big mm-hmm. guns, like loads of people, five in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes a helicopter, <laughs> you know, like crazy stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You could be like an 80 year old woman. That's that they're coming like that. That's what they're doing. Right. Yeah. So that had nothing to do. You know, I really appreciated her telling the story on the show. Cause I was like, I don't think people know but I just felt like it was important to let everybody know that that had nothing to do with Jen as a minority or Jen as right. you know, anything. Like if you're, you know, a little blondie Goldilocks, they still do that. I was just wondering if like there was anything you were looking forward to this season that they're kind of teasing out. I mean, even like next episode looks fun. <laughs> well, I guess for me, what I really feel is that I really want the truth to come out about Mary, mm-hmm. I, you know, because I, uh, between you and me, I feel like giving her this platform, although she can be really funny and how like her googly eyes and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. to like give her this platform as like a person who I, the things that I know about ha- have like, been said or the testimony I've heard to give her this platform is so dangerous in a Mm -hmm. way that I'm like, Oh my goodness. I just really hope that they don't, 
get rid of that. Like they talk about it. And if you like her after knowing that she heads up a cult and she makes people poor and she's taken their money and she's, um, you know, married to a grandpa and all those things. And at the end of the day, you still like her. That's one thing, but I just don't want people to not know who she is. Yeah. I feel like there was even a point in this season, like even without the cult stuff in mind, like there was a point this season where the perspective just kind of switched, at least in my eyes of like, Oh, this like, haha, silly woman to being like, Oh, this woman is like actually got, some stuff going on. Like even just the way she could like turn on a dime on people all of a sudden enraged at nothing. Like all that just kind of made me be like, Oh, maybe like there's way more going on here. Oh no. She's doing tactics of how you, she's controlling her parishioners. Same thing. Mm -hmm. So, so just, I'll spill a little tea for you. Cause I love you guys. Okay. (laughs) So here's the tea. So You know, um, there have been already people from her church that have said that if they didn't answer their phone at any time of day, that you could get like punished within the church for that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So when Whitney doesn't answer her phone. Right. This is why you see that reaction that seems so crazy. Like, you're like, why? Well, it's because that was a tactic she used. She'd get everybody thinking that if you don't answer my call, there's going to be like punishment. And remember, punishment could be just dealing with her shit. Think about an abusive boyfriend, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Like it can be just having to deal with her. So when Whitney didn't do answer her call, she immediately goes into this punishment mode. And that's what she did with her parishioners. So I found that really uh, interesting that she's pulling it on the cast members. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. And this kind of incredible, uh, she makes you want to perform for her. Like, why are these women trying to perform for her? And and you realize she's programming them with the presence. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in my good graces, you might get a Louis Vuitton bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gifts are outrageous. Well, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe for people of certain money, it's not. But to me, I'm like, that is so much money. You're like buying people, basically. Even on this episode, uh, like when Heather and Whitney and Ginny are all sitting down talking and they're like, but we're not in her congregation. And then Whitney's like, you kind of, we are. <laughs> no, she's bang on right. And right. she's using all the tactics that... um that, uh, you know, work with her parishioners on them to see if they, she can get them to, to like come under it. I mean, it's like a formula, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what she's trying to do. And, and the buying of the presence is part of it. And the, you know, the, the, the irrational punishment is part of it. Um, you know, like, uh, I saw it coming I, coming down the tracks that she was going to be like, well, Jen came for me and God punished her with an indictment. Right. Sounds like we're going to get like that exact tech uh, uh, speech even, next week from yeah, Lisa. Even though the investigation started years ago. But yes, it's, it was you. <laughs> well, that's, and, that, and that's a very cult leadership thing to do. Right. right? To, like, that's prove, always like done proof, to take, quote unquote. take, yeah, take credibility for something. Oh, so-and-so fell. Well, you know why, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you and, know, so that's it. Crazy. And I'm worried they're going to, I want, because I'm not sure when it happened, but apparently the Cameron who spoke about her on the show passed away recently, but I don't know the dates. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to come up in the show. If it's going to be part of the narrative of her, you know, people crossing her and all that. I'm interested. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I I mean, earlier this year it happened. And I do think that it's, she's already been, I think anytime anything bad happens to anyone that crosses her, she's going to take, yeah, advantage of that in some way or another. And, you know, allege that somehow that's her crossing her as God, Uh you know, and, and, God is inside of her, but like maybe, but like God isn't in anyone else. Right. Only her. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. And a lot of people wondered why he gave all his money to her. And that was because, um, other parishioners have said that 
she said to them that she was in a life or death situation and she needed life or death saving surgery. And so the parishioners gave up all their money to help her. But in truth, wow. she was actually, it's alleged, getting plastic surgery in New York to change her whole thing. Yeah. These are the allegations yeah. being made. Yeah. I mean, even the odor glands talk last season, I was like, that? <laughs> it's what you're like so concerned about and hating hospitals or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. But Meredith sticking up for her is a real strange anomaly to me. Yes. I haven't figured out what is happening there. And it seems like on social media, she's like still keeping it going like now, currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me feel like somebody, she knows something. I don't know. But maybe she was just feeling really guilty about the whole situation. I don't know. She was coming off so, I just think, like, professional and good at the beginning of the season. And I don't, maybe this is her way of thinking, like, she's continuing to do that by, like, sticking Sticking up up for for people or whatever. But it's not coming off good in my eyes, for sure. Yeah, she's she's trying um, to, I, I think, you know, we don't know. Maybe the producers have asked her to take that position. It yeah. could be, you know, she can't like, honestly, they'll be like, why don't you have lunch with Mary? You know, I mean, what are you going to do? No. Some people right. are, when you're late in later seasons, you can say no. You know, like Elisa mm-hmm. Vanderpump could go, hey, I don't want to do that. That's not okay with me. And they'll still be okay with her. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning like this, everybody's expendable. So, right. you know, you're not going to be saying no to that if you want to stay on the show, which I know Meredith does, right? So- Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, that's such a weird thing to have to navigate. Like I, I, I like know it goes on, you know, but like to actually live through something like somebody telling you, "Hey, say this, or else you might lose your job." It's just wild to think about. Well, the cool thing about why I love to spill the tea and the truth is because you, when you know it, you watch the show totally different, mm-hmm. and you get so much more out of the show. Okay. It actually doesn't take away from the show. It gives to the show. Cause you're like, I I mean, my, 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 uh, fans that listen to my show every week, like they come back with like a whole bunch of tools to -hmm. watch the show differently. And they're like, Oh, I know why she know. I know why Whitney knows everything about all these different scams. Oh, I know why uh, that Jen wasn't cheating on coach when she took that cab. Oh, I know that, you know, like they have all this, you know, you know, they, they already know the answers, so they can right. actually use the episodes even better to really mm-hmm. find out, you know, what's going on. Oh, could you talk a little bit about the, Jen keeps saying like that she got a call from Sharif's number. Like, is that just, she's just making that up? Well, I mean, it's the big mystery is how did that exactly go down? Because right. apparently it was, Sharif's number that called, but it wasn't Sharif on the phone. So the only thing I can imagine, there's only like three possibilities based on the rumors, right? One is that it was a family member calling from Sharif's phone to Uh tell her, you got to come get out, get out of there and come meet me and get your shit together. Like get on the phone (laughs) with an attorney, you know, the cops are here, whatever, right? Uh There's that Two, It's a cop calling from Sharif's phone and saying uh, an excuse to get her to meet them so they could arrest her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, three was that, you know, it was uh, her boyfriend. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I still, I still have a little shade in there. I do. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's a pretty good place to wrap up. I mean, I feel like next week we're going to get a dramatic dinner with a lot of people yelling at each other or crying at least. (laughs) And, uh, but if you want to know more inside information, you can always visit Dana's Patreon. Tell us where everybody can find you. I love it. Yeah. And remember it's, it's, it's a great tool to use like with, uh, you know, your podcast and everybody's information. It's just like a really good, uh, resource. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, the, the housewives read it and I tag everything really well. 
So um, it's, it's really fun because you can be like, okay, I'm all about Mary Cosby this, you know, today. And you can just Mm -hmm. like find everything that mattered in the Bravo universe, read it everywhere in that one place. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Searching. Cause I mean, you lose so much shit in Reddit and Insta. I lose mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, oh my God, that was gold. I lost it. It's gone forever. I'm, yeah, especially like, Reddit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my yeah. goodness. It really gets deleted. I'm like, okay, so that's what this is for. Uh, it's like a museum in there. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can you can listen to Dishing Drama Dana, which is my podcast show uh, only on the Patreon, really. We do release a free episode every few weeks, but it's very rare. There's been like, mm-hmm. I think in 57 episodes, like eight free ones, but there, there, uh, those are available on Buzzsprout or, you know, I, uh, Apple listening or Spotify or whatever the, all the rest are on dishing drama, Dana on the Patreon. And, um, I have lots of fun stuff in there. Like I said, legal documents, receipts, uh, voices, confessional videos about topics, you know, and I, I don't just do housewives. I do, you know, conspiracy theories and I'm like an expert at like that, everything house of Satan, you name it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I do, uh, and actually you wouldn't believe how much, uh, overlap there is. It's crazy. Um, and then, uh, I do also deck a dish Dana on YouTube and, uh, I do it like a 10 minute, approximately 10 minute gossip video, um, okay. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. And those are fun. So. And then Instagram is Wilkie underscore Dana. Yep. And at Dana Wilkie is Twitter. And if you guys want to send me gossip, I do. Oh, yeah. That yeah, please do. Or you've got something you want to share. Cause I'll know how to get it. I have so many different ways to get information out there. I got like the smoking hot, ridiculous gossip about Beverly Hills. I'm not going to lie. In fact, I'm going to just tell you this right now, oh. Travis and Tyler, if you listen to my bonus audio tomorrow, you are going to die. It's as epic as the Erica Jane Girardi divorce. When I broke it, oh my gosh, it's that level of epic, and I'm not exaggerating. So, if you're not on there, you better get in there and listen to it tomorrow because you're gonna uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, again, we just want to say how much we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Yes. Um, like I said, I've you know you've been in my head rent free for a long time, so it's been very nice to speak with you. Um, Enjoy so your you. adventures to come. I love it. Well, hit me up anytime, you guys. I I like fully support all creators. Like I love it. I want everybody just creating their little ass off, and <laughs> anybody I can ever uh, go on and do content with and collaborate with is like an honor. It's so fun, and I just really appreciate you guys having me. And yeah, let's do it. Definitely. Well, I'm Tyler, and I'm Travis, and I'm Dana and- Wilkie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and this has been Privileged Pinks. Yeah, bye. Bye. Bye.